0: This episode of Brownie Podcast is sponsored by Amala Chai. On our recent trip to India, we became chai addicts, especially Ashani. We stopped continually on the roadside for a hit of that milky, sugary and spicy goodness. But back in the UK, a good chai is harder to come by. That's why Amala Chai is bringing authentic Indian tea here using the finest ingredients from the motherland. Their homebrew masala chai kits make me feel like I'm back in my auntie's kitchen in Mumbai, which is very comforting in the middle of isolation. You can still order a homebrew masala chai kit in lockdown by heading to amalachai.com. Hello, you're listening to Series 2 of Brownie Podcast, where we celebrate the cultural confusion of being born in Britain with roots in Asia. Brownie Podcast is co-hosted by me, Shivani Kocha, and the lovely Ashani Bart. Due to lockdown restrictions, the format is a little different from usual. We hope you really enjoy the episode.
1: So, we're back in Bristol to chat to the brilliant British Punjabi DJ and producer, Indian Man. Indian Man's sound is a fresh fusion of Bangra, Garage and Hip Hop, an East meets West sound that we just can't stop dancing to. Indian Man is also one half of the collaborative duo, the Gundy Brothers.
0: He's played at festivals around the world, including Womad, Boomtown and Glastonbury. An Indian man set is wild and joyous. It's something we've experienced firsthand. We actually saw you at Glastonbury in twenty seventeen. Oh, um, we went like <laughs> ballistic, <laughs> yeah. um, and we were so excited to hear Indian music at a festival, and it felt like like a bit of our home life had come yeah, to Glastonbury. Sure. So oh, it was yeah, really exhilarating. I think I didn't pee for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you so so much I'm for really sitting happy down to be with here. us inviting me thank you
1: so I thought we'd start with your music cool. to begin with so for our guests who may not know you I think a good place to start would be for you to describe your sound what your music is like
2: sure okay cool well I grew up in Bristol um, but I'm from a Punjabi family so I had the best of both worlds <laughs> in some ways uh, so I grew up with a lot of Punjabi music um, Indian influences sort of world music um but if, if you guys know Bristol at all Bristol's quite famous for for dub and jungle and uh even drum and bass and garage music being in the UK so um for that for me like I suppose I could describe my music as a uh, sort of a blend of all of that my sets really um but it really started off with blending Indian music with garage music mm-hmm. um something that sort of like I don't know hits hits my childhood for me you know sort of growing up with a like, my mum was a big fan of great David and (laughs) Dodger and all that so yeah a lot of those influences for me sort of meet the Indian Indian flex and that's how it started um and the way it's kind of grown um since 2017 actually is um I did a tour with WOMAD and sort of really inspired me uh to take it further with the world music influences Mm -hmm. um so so doing that tour with them um which was in uh WOMAD Chile Gran Canaria and the UK and they bring all sorts of artists from everywhere it was just like a really amazing uh, realisation to, to actually not put any limits on things um, so yeah I would say um, my sort of blend is India meets world meets garage meets dub and jungle with a yeah, with high energy and uh, electronic um, vibes basically <laughs> uh, that's how i describe it
0: funny that you said your mum was listening to garage music because I was expecting you to say at home we were listening to traditional Punjabi music and I like rebelled and liked garage so yeah can you talk a little bit about how you got into music and and if your household was really musical and yeah what was it like
2: yeah so I mean I grew up in a in a relatively traditional family I mean my my parents are second generation here so um they they were born here Mm -hmm. and um so they they grew up with a lot of u k English stuff as well, so that's why they uh, they love the Indian stuff and even Bollywood, but they also love like my mom just she loves beyonce, you know? <laughs> Who love does beyonce. Yeah. Yeah, she fancied Craig David forever <laughs> it just like i say so, like we had a blend of that, i suppose my family are i love them they're quite you know they're very liberal and they're very forward and open minded now, but there was a time where like. I think there was a lot of things that I wanted to to go and do where I felt like maybe some of the traditions kind of limited me, you know? I sort of grew up um, as music solely being a hobby. Mm -hmm. It was never something that you could seriously go to. It's almost kind of like, I don't know, it should be like a side hustle to whatever you're doing, you know? Yeah. And I had a lot of problems with that kind of, uh, with some of the things that kind of, crossover with like religion culture and tradition you know um and I suppose a big part of my start of my music life and career was uh kind of brought from that rebellion inside of me really and just being like actually I don't want to follow that this path uh, you know I appreciate maybe you did that or maybe other people doing that but it's just not for me mm. um and I think that's where a lot of the kind of um I wouldn't call it anger but I would call it like I don't know, there's like a lot of fire in the music I play, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's quite high energy, it's quite like, uh, you know, I'd go as far as some, some of it's quite political, um, and uh, I think that's where that comes from. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it all started for me, and, and, and why that sort of all blends together, sort of rebellious side to the loving the culture mm-hmm. side as well, you know.
1: And do you think that's what the name Indian Man kind of represents to you? Like, how did you come up with that as your your moniker, your stage name?
2: Um, That's a great question. (laughs) It's one of those situations where I didn't choose it, it chose me, actually. I grew up in um, the countryside, Mm -hmm. sort of on the outskirts of Bristol, uh, really. We spent a lot of time in the city, but I I actually went to a school which was majority uh, white, and there wasn't many... I think I was like, me and my cousin were like the only ethnic minorities. Um, So it was very clear for me at the start, like, I was like... Indian <laughs> and different to everyone in my school, and and uh, I suppose I just kind of embraced it rather than pushed it away. Really, okay. I was just like, okay, cool, that's my producer name. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah.
0: And did you see using different like cross-cultural sounds? Did you see that as kind of an expression of your British Punjabi identity? Was that you just said you went to a very white school and you have this name Indian man that very clearly defines. Your difference in a way from everybody at that school so was that was it kind of like a point to be made by you yeah
2: for sure absolutely I mean I sort of I don't know it's I think some people can look into it as further and see see the deeper meaning to it or some people could just see it Ah, okay cool it's like a stage name but yeah for me it's an absolute statement Mm -hmm. you know that's that's who I am that's my roots that's where I'm from Mm -hmm. and like it's funny actually I think some people really understand that and some people really don't and that's okay. <laughs> um but for me, yeah, I I, I didn't re- I didn't even realise myself at the at the beginning what I was stating, you know. Mm. But um for sure it's a statement to say actually this is where I'm from, this is who I am and I'm proud of it, mm.
0: you know. And when was the beginning, like when did you start making oh, music no. and how did it happen? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um the project really started at the end of 2016 2017 I did make uh, make a collaborative, like sort of EP in two thousand and sixteen. Um, was like co- kind of like named Piece of Punjab. It's kind of like a piece, but like piece, <laughs> like punning. Piece. Yeah. <laughs> so I just realised there's no video. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that was a cool collaborative project, which. Uh, I didn't really. I'd had no idea what I was doing. To be honest, I look at that, that project project. I'm like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. But I met some of my best friends for it, and um, a whole new other project called Gandhi Brothers came out of it. And um, yeah, I would say I've been doing this for two or three years now.
0: And what so about deep. actually making music? Like, how did how did that start? Oh,
2: so I grew up in a. We have we have a family band. We grew up in a family band, uh, family Bangor band. Really, like, that's yeah. really cool. That's so yeah. cool. It's what like are you guys a, called? Called RSVP. Okay. Uh, they kind of they're pretty well known in Bristol and around the UK and stuff. It's like kind of a festival fusion band. We mix like banger music with funk and, so I I, I grew up with this really um, total hobby. Like <laughs> uh, this was like it was g- kind of funny, you know, to to not take a, I don't know, to give to be given this feeling that you can't take this route seriously or like spend your life doing art or music Um, because I was like aren't we in a big family band? (laughs) (laughs) It was a a sort of side project you know and uh, it was a way to keep the family together like every time we played together it was um, like a holiday you know Mm. like uh, we'd go to another country play a show and all hang out and it'd keep the family together and actually by generation by generation it's passed down so my granddad sort of started it and then the kids were brought in and then the next Generation, which was me and my brother, were brought in. Um, but when I, this was like between the age of like fourteen and eighteen, mm-hmm. and then when I got to like eighteen, nineteen, I went to study, and then the whole Indian Man project started. So I couldn't continue playing with the band. It just sort of, I was too busy doing that. So um, I'm really super, super grateful, and those are like some of the golden days for me. <laughs> you know, like when everyone's like. I don't know my all, all my uncles and uh, and my dad and my cousins were at, at the right age where they could like do a lot you know and party and stay up all night and me and my brother were just reaching you know our teenage sort of age where we're going and doing stuff so some special memories like yeah there were there was st- shows where we had like f- imagine being on stage with 13 of your family members you know you just feel right. unstoppable yeah. oh man it was just like <laughs> Just incredible, just like magic. I can't explain it. But. Has
0: Indian Man collaborated with RSVP? Because surely this <laughs> seems like yeah. a collaboration yeah. waiting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you
2: say that. My my uncle's like they're they're slowing down now, nowadays. They're they're sort of doing enough that um they can just choose whatever they want to do and you know they're not as young as they used to be. You know they they can't continue doing those crazy gigs at three in the morning. Um, but my uncle did say this to me the other day he was like you know. <laughs> we could do something together sometime. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Let's let's put some in the diary. You know.
0: You've had a hair fast Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's gonna listen to this and go, yeah. Come on. Then.
2: <laughs>
1: And so you were talking about how the family band and kind of creating music together kept the family together there was a closeness and an intimacy as of course kind of playing music together for sure yeah but also kind of when i look at your music and i see the fusion of Indian sounds, British sounds, and then also lots of your Latin American music that you've been incorporating recently. Mm. Do you also think that music is a way of breaking down those cultural barriers as well as kind of joining people together?
2: Oh, for sure. That is uh, next to the sort of <laughs> rebellious nature of where, where that sort of uh, sparked from. It was also an effort to show that actually, like, I, I'm Indian, but we are no different, you know? Like, we're all human and... That was a real apparent thing for me um, and a real message I tried to push when I did my WOMAD tour to go to countries where, you know, we're, in the UK, we're, we're quite fortunate to be really diverse, you know. Mm. But some of the countries I've been to, a lot of people have never seen an Indian person, mm. you know. A lot of these places I've gone to. And it was just amazing to see these people who joined me on this kind of journey during the shows. And, um, you know, we're dancing to music that they never danced before. Yeah, stuff that we grew up in our, childhood Mm -hmm. you know they were dancing to and it was just really it's just a beautiful experience So, I'm really grateful for that for that time Um, but yeah to connect people is and also just to push a positive message you know I think it's all about the catalyst of like taking something that's maybe a bit dark and and trying to turn that into positivity Mm -hmm. you know so that's that's what I'm I'm vouching for as well and
1: when you were talking about people not in the audience that have Mm -hmm. listened listening to your set haven't kind of come across indian music before who tends to be your audience when you're playing this is it people that have had their first exposure to indian music through you do you think
2: yeah it's a it's it's a funny it's a funny one it's um kind of unpredictable Mm -hmm. you know i find myself quite flexible like there's a lot of indian roots in my sets but also i love dub music i love jungle music i love you know uh World music, uh, music from everywhere. So, I sort of I never plan my sets. They're mm-hmm. always just pre- unpredictable. I might plan a couple of songs, and then I just go with the feeling. So, um, I mean, you guys saw that the Glastonbury gig—such a mix of people, right? There's yeah. Indian people, there's English people, there were people from all sorts of places. I was too busy dancing. To you. <laughs> you're, you're too busy. Yeah, yeah.
0: That was a legendary show. That was legendary. I remember that.
1: Selector
2: come
0: along, you know, you know, We were wondering, have you ever played in India or do you have any sort of Indian, like born in India fans?
2: that's a really good question i've never played in india um and it's funny because it's kind of like one of the i would love to play but it's one of the least likely places that i think i'd ever play because and actually i think what i'm trying to do is push boundaries on this kind of music you know um and there's a lot of people who don't like that <laughs> there's a lot of people who don't like something new you know it feels weird or I don't know, like me blending garage music with Indian music and, and playing that out and then bringing lots of other influences in. Um, I've had a lot like a lot of people love it so much, but I've also had people feel a bit funny about it, you know? Some people feel like you, you're taking a your tradition away from them. Or, and for me, I'm like, well, we need to move forward. Like, mm-hmm. let's share all, all the things we have, you know? Um, so yeah, India is a funny one. I would love to go and play there and see what would happen. I think they would love it but initially I get far more interest from places that haven't heard Indian music like this.
1: And so when people kind of have more of a, a sense of that the music that you're doing is a bit controversial, do mm-hmm. you think that comes from mainly like the British Indian community, the, the Asian community, in the sense that there's that, there's that new forming of the tradition?
2: That's a really great question. That's like really... <laughs> also, it's a great question because it's really apparent to me right now. Yeah. Um, you know, this whole thing started off from um, a place where I was trying to push push against these kind of limiting traditions in a way. Um, and at the time, I didn't even realise what I was doing, you know, being really honest. Maybe right at the beginning of this, I was just... I had so much fire in my belly and I was just so like... So driven without any understanding of what people are feeling, you know. I just wanted to share the music and and maybe not follow this path that was set out for me. But now it's becoming more apparent that actually, like, there's some real serious things wrong with um, some of the history we have in in all in all cultures, whether it's British, British, Indian, any culture. That you know, there's things that are. Uh, don't work for this time and maybe we're implemented in a time which was just just morally not right you know for humanity racism sexism all of it and um, yeah I suppose for me now I'm I'm really trying to look into those topics and see if I can put those messages in my music you know Mm -hmm. Uh, I think at the beginning I was just like this kind of young kid who was just like running about like just wanting to share music and now I don't know I just have a bit more of a focus about the message um which is we're all the same and we should all be treated equally and share everything (coughs) you know Mm
0: -hmm. and when you talk about you know the fire in your belly or sort of the idea of rebelling against certain things can you just be a bit more specific or about what what you mean sure
2: yeah I'm not um I think I'm really keen to actually, because <laughs> I actually, and whoever's listening to this, um, I sort of want to give that message out uh, to anyone who might be struggling with those those sort of uh, traditional things that are coming from their families or coming from um, a culture or religion which is stopping them from doing what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and my message is don't stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for, for me, like, uh, I, I was, just to be clear, I was never forced but there was this idea growing up of an arranged marriage or like this is how love and romance relationships work, right? And for me at the time, I don't think it was, uh, I don't think any of my family or people surrounding me were were kind of aware really. They didn't. They only know as well as they were sort of taught and grew up with, you know? But that was something that I felt the pressure of, you know, growing up and I felt very strange around uh, relationships and feeling a little bit like oh why can't I just experience like an honest love like that mm-hmm. and and uh, sort of you know have girlfriends and like have these experiences that I don't know like they're human you know um, so for me I sort of um, yeah I started being really rebellious probably too rebellious really against <laughs> arranged marriage really because if two people want to do it then that's great you know and you should be happy for them But for me, it just wasn't sitting right. Um, So I think a lot of that fire came from that place. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny, actually. I remember growing up being so rebellious, and now looking at it now, it's not that different from Tinder, really. It's it's just your your parents are swiping, you know? That's kind of of what it is, you know? And, you know, my parents know me pretty well, so... I don't know. Like, I feel differently about it, actually. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of where this fire came from originally. Um, Yeah.
0: And how did your family feel, or do your family feel, about your career um, now?
2: Oh, man. They think I'm nuts. (laughs) (laughs) They think that my family think I'm nuts. And that's that's okay, (laughs) because I'm probably a little bit nuts. But, I don't know. I think it's a new thing for them, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone in my family ever has thought about getting... I don't know, doing an art or music seriously or or really trying to grow in that, you know. And um, I know that a lot of it comes from a security place and a safe place, you know, and then wanting to feel like, ah, oh, you got a future which is guaranteed. But really, especially right now, what's apparent to me is we have no future guaranteed, so we should just be doing what we want and what feels good, you know.
1: did you find the family element of becoming a DJ and a producer the most difficult transition or did you think that I mean I can't really name very many Indian or British Indian DJs or producers because there seems to be this struggle between kind of culture and expectation and heritage do you think that is something that shapes the predicament of a lot of people who maybe are British Indian and want to get into music but this is the the kind of thing that's holding them
2: back absolutely absolutely i think that's one thing i think the other thing though which is um that the hidden difficult really is, is is the music industry you know mm. i think what i do is quite alternative you know it's kind of somewhat a niche mm-hmm. um and actually you know the way sort of bollywood and pop music is going um it's making those niches even smaller and smaller and um i don't know i, I sort of I don't know. Sometimes my grandma puts them t- on on the Indian channel, right? And it's all this kind of like Indian music, which is Indian pop music, hip hop. And for me, a lot of it just sounds very similar and I don't know. I feel like the messages inside it they aren't positive. They're sort of material messages and I don't know. I don't it doesn't actually make me feel very good about They're quite
0: shallow, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah, it's
2: quite shallow. It's quite like and, you know, I think that also comes with a cultural thing as well, you know? Like, I think, well, definitely the way I grew up, there, there is also a thing to, like, I don't know, what the community thinks of you mm. and, like, what is cool and what's not cool and Desi boys and all that kind of stuff, you know? I just, I still see that and I really, like, I don't know, I just try to, like, keep away from it, you know? I'm quite happy doing a niche alternative thing. <laughs> I don't want to go into a world of... Of those kind of messages. yeah.
0: Have you always felt proud of being a Desi boy or, a, or an Indian or is that something <laughs> that's quite a new feeling for you? It's just what you're saying just made me think you know about about myself and also because you went to, to a very white school and I was just wondering how much you were able to sort of enjoy your identity while you were there or if it was something that you tried to minimise.
2: No it was something I maximised really but maximised in a way where like I don't know I didn't want to follow a stereotype as well I'm definitely not a desi boy like I could not imagine driving a BMW up and down a street (laughs) doing my eyebrows and having green contacts in I just I gelled hair I don't know for me just like for me I just like this is this whole image that this kind of music is selling and I don't know I'm like everything against that really and a lot of Indian people feel I'm really weird (laughs) because of that reason, you know, uh, and yeah, maybe I am, (laughs) you know, so.
1: No, you're doing your own thing. Yeah,
2: but I mean, I I don't really care, but, (laughs) (laughs) but also like, I think it's just, I don't know, I sort of grew up with a lot of people, friends and, and even family that really like were into that and Mm. I never understood why, Mm. (laughs) um. I try to really focus on the roots of it, you know, where there's, like culturally where I'm from and what what those morals and and the meaning is um and I think that is far beyond sort of this kind of image that is put out on TVs and stuff, you know. Mm.
1: And what would you say those were those morals from your well your background?
2: Yeah, um the one thing that, that I've really makes sense to me growing up, you know, is that um community and community and family is just such a huge part of this culture Mm -hmm. you know i feel like i have 10 dads and 10 mums. you know yeah and like all my cousins are my my brothers and sisters you know yeah and even my close friends are like that and that's like a massive thing for me like to feel like a community of people and that's how i feel my sets you know i don't know if you've seen any sets videos but um sometimes i have like stage invasions right <laughs> like just everyone in the crowd gets on stage because that's how they feel like i'm there with you mm. you know and i'm sharing this with you but we're together like there's not like a, a line where the dj is for me. and i suppose that's the one thing about the set that is special i don't know mm. maybe you felt that at glastonbury like you guys weren't just an audience you were there with me do you know what i mean
1: yeah there was this like this energy. It was palpable. Yeah. I can't I... really
0: describe it. Yeah. You were definitely standing like on the on the DJ deck. yeah, Do your
1: family come and see your sets?
2: Oh yeah, they're like my dad is like my number one fan in life. He's great. He's just like Captain Optimism, and he'll just phone me up every two days and be like. Hey you playing a gig tonight? <laughs> I'm around <laughs> You know. I took into a really cool festival called Port Elliot in Cornwall.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's
2: kinda of like a bit of a boutique festival, it's a bit bougie, you know. We have a great, really great time, we've been playing there for a few years. And like my dad comes on stage with me and people are making more noise for for him than <laughs> me or the music, you because know, he's just like he's just got that energy about him. And he's crowd surfing and like, this is like kind of standard stuff. Like that. <laughs> and like, you know, imagine like fully like a guy, you know, a guy with like a big beard and a turban, like, proper like Punjabi <laughs> in the middle of Cornwall, <laughs> you know, and like all these people are like crowd surfing. <laughs> yeah, he's like a, he's like my number one fan and best friend he is. Oh, yeah.
0: Your parents sound so cool. They are. All of them.
2: All, all of them are cool. My brother is also a super cool dude and my mum, but my brother is, is super cool because I think when I made this transition to this whole world, I remember I I had a really, really well paid job working in London as a designer for Disney, Um, and it looked like that was a a really good career ahead of me. And I remember just phoning up my brother and being like, hey man, listen, I have really gotta get out of this job, it's just not for me. I'm feeling depressed, I'm feeling unwell, I'm morally not working, feeling right in the company, and everyone was trying to stop me from doing this. And he was the only one who said, "Listen, man, I know that whatever you're going to do, you're going to make it work. So you just do how you feel." Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's like he's really my guy. Yeah.
1: And what do your family say now?
2: They're like they're yeah, doing all right. Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not doing massive things, but I'm doing massive things. For me yeah and my 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 love for what I do you know I do niche alternative stuff and it's and it's unique and that doesn't come with being hugely popular and I don't want to be <laughs> you know I've yeah I'm just just happy to do what I love doing really yeah
1: I suppose very few sons can give their their dad the opportunity to crowd surf <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Crowd.
2: exactly yeah he's yeah what a legend <laughs> yeah
0: other Indian people or British Indians that you're listening to at the moment or that you would give a shout out to?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, Punjabi MC, man, I'm just, if he's ever going to listen to this, you're just a massive inspiration (laughs) Please listen to this (laughs) Punjabi MC. And Nint Sawney, I mean, those two guys just, for me, Punjabi MC just like hit that amazing balance between like those raw roots and actually like progressive electronic and hip-hop beats and like you know n- nothing is like uh, overdone or cheesy or it's just so right for me like i hear stuff and i'm like damn man <laughs> damn one day one day we're gonna make something together <laughs> and Nittin and is for me he's just a king really he's just some of his music really like what what i love doing is that kind of crossover and he, he does it so well, you know.
1: So you're also part of a collaborative duo called the Gundy Brothers. Yeah. Could you explain to our listeners a little bit more about how that project came about and what you're working on now?
2: For sure. So Gundy Brothers is... It's funny you say two of us, actually, because everyone thinks there's two of us, but there is a whole, like, collective behind Gundy Brothers, and they're all so dope at what they do. We've got filmmakers, we've got singers, we've got rappers, we've got producers... Um, And they're all just wonderful friends um, that have all come together through this project. Mm -hmm. Um, But the originators of it, I suppose, is me and XJX, who's an awesome MC, poet. Uh, He's a film writer. He's just an all round lovely, creative guy. And um, we actually got this project together in 2016 at Roll Right Festival, where I was playing a set, and I just met him. He just was a lovely, lovely guy. I was like, he was oh, what'd you do? Oh, I sort of do this uh, Indian garage stuff. He's like, oh, cool, I'm an MC. I was like, why don't you just come jump on my set, you know? (laughs) And he just sort of like came up and rapped. And we just knew from that moment, this had to be something. We did that sort of uh, vinyl project um, EP, and he's on a couple of the tracks there. And then uh, we sort of went on to become the Gundy Brothers, which is when you guys saw us in Glastonbury. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that
0: was
2: the that was the birth of Gundy Brothers. That that gig. <laughs> really, was, <yeah>. really. <laughs> I remember we actually. Uh, I don't know if I'll say this, but you can tell me to stop if not. We just went out and got ruined after that gig, like really, and that's really out of my nature, you know. Like I don't really do that very often. And then I remember waking up in a tent, putting my head out and seeing him, and he was like, he was sleeping. And with his wrists in front of him like this, like his knuckles out, and all it said in black marker was Gundy Brothers (laughs) on these knuckles, and I was like, "That's the start of the Gundy Brothers." So yeah, keep keep your eyes out.
0: It's Gundy from Gunda, like dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I know. Wow, you got (laughs) it! Wow, you're the first person (laughs) to get that. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, who is fluent Punjabi? I'm I'm not. (laughs) It's Hindi, isn't it? It's Hindi. I just, because one of my um, aunts in India used to call me Ganda Butcher. So. Yeah,
2: yeah. My, my, yeah. My grandma still calls me that, actually. But.
0: We also want to ask you what you're up to now. So, yeah. Give yourself a shout out. What's oh, going on? Yeah. Uh,
2: I'm not so good at doing that. So, like, so. Uh, Indian Man is up to some really cool things at the moment. And I've been doing some really cool garage remixes of a Colombian hip hop group. Um, which is going to be dope um, and a German dub group and um, I'm just blending a lot of garage and two-step and a lot of that like kind of 130 140 BPM dance music with um, world influences at the moment.
0: Thank well you. thank you so thank much for so so taking
1: the time to speak to us. Anytime yeah it was, it was
2: lovely really love your project keep doing it.
1: Thank, thank you. you likewise.
0: <laughs> obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you've heard, please rate, subscribe and spread the word. Give us a follow on Instagram at Brownie Podcast
0: or email us at browniepodcast at gmail.com. You've been listening to Brownie Podcast with Ashani Bart, Shivani Coacher, produced by George Swainston. See you next time.